Before we hit the intro music, I wanted to introduce to you guys the Yoakum Strength Insider. The Yoakum Strength Insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers. Our goal with the Yoakum Strength Insider is to create better movers, to level up your life, and to move forward from where you are. We do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, you'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength Coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30-page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines that includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it, meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use Podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Boom. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite-level guests to unravel what high performance really is. I will Evie, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm super excited. Super excited right here. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching your page uh, kind of grow. And like I said, like I, I think I think the way like I found your page is you tagged me in something, I posted it, and then a lot of my female athletes and, and online female trainees um we're watching your stuff and i just continually kept saying, like this girl's a fucking savage bro like like what is she doing and then like i want to be like this and i want to do that and just yeah. I, I, I talked to you about this before we started recording but just having that light in a field where there, there's not a ton of light or if there is light it is like the the white dude in a tight polo that it's just like it seems like so disconnected like it, it's, it's disconnected from me when when you have people like that and i am a white dude you know you know yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. like so old they're just like in a different kind of like world different stratosphere but having somebody like yourself just just be that inspiration for for, for people coming up that somebody is going to be a savage and go send it and, and go train hard and be that holistic meathead that you're talking about is is Absolutely. super cool so I, i'm pumped to have you here yeah, what's actually funny is I think the when you DM'd me about like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I think literally two hours before I was listening to your podcast, I forgot who it was. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till one day I'm on his podcast. Like, it's just such a like, it's so dope. Like your podcast, love it. So that's, I was, I thought that was really funny that right away, then you DM me, I was like, oh, let's do this. I was like, bet. So this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you manifested that shit. Yeah, literally oh. 100%. <laughs> So do you want to tell people how you got to this holistic meathead sense? Because I know we talked before and you were talking about how you weren't the best mover growing up. But how did you get to this, the, the thought process that you're going to train hard, you're going to train like a savage, and you're going to have all these movement pieces in there? Were there were there any rabbit holes that you got stuck in? And I know there's a lot of things that people have to battle through growing up in the strength conditioning field, just like through all the shit that gets thrown at you. And then also as an athlete, all the things that you got to like battle. Like, how, how did you get to the holistic meathead sense and the philosophy that you currently have? Yeah. So I guess I would say, because I started off, like I told you before, I'm, I was not the best athlete. I was not the best mover. I was never, I was never the best uh, player on my team growing up when I was younger, before high school, I was always a bench warmer. It was so fun. Um, I'd be so upset. And then I started um, putting in like a lot of work, like whether it was for so it was mo mainly at that point, it was like, I was practicing a lot. I was getting hits, throwing a lot. Like I was getting that stuff done, uh, perfecting like my skill then I got to high school 
I was better, but I still wasn't one of the best. And then that's when I found like strength and conditioning. That's when I got, I dove deep right away. And I was like, I, a good place to start was like the five by five. I, that's where I started. And I was like, it gave me a great like foundation and I loved it. But then at some point you get stagnant, like, and then that's where eventually I went to, I started diving deeper. I started interning. Um, I realized this was what I wanted to do with my life. And then I eventually came across a bunch of guys like you, Yoakum, Will Rattel, Jake Tura, like all those guys. And then um, then eventually I took everyone's ideas and put it into that holistic meathead sense because I just think it's very important to take what works. Like, you know, not everything is going to work. Some people have great ideas. Some people don't, but like plug and play what you want to do. And it works out really pretty well. So that's what I kind of how I went into that. How, how did you get to a point in which you like, because uh, there, there's a big difference, obviously, between like Will Rattel, Jake, me, uh, Locke, and like a bunch of those guys and the 5x5 five five program. And most people, what happens is you run the 5x5 five five program and you can run anything at that state. You just run a consistent program. You get yeah. a lot of results. And then it's really hard to break out of the mold of there's more here. I can dig deeper. I can do something more. I can look into this more because you got results. And then that, that was me. Like I got results from a basic like Olympic lifting program because it was just my first time lifting a bunch of low hanging fruit everywhere. And then I yeah. swore by it for way too long. And it was really hard for me to break out of like the original um, thought processes that I, I was put in and I was stuck in that rut knowing there was more out there and like talking to other coaches, knowing there was more out there, but I couldn't break out of it because I had gotten results oh, yeah. right there. So how did you get to the result of like, Ooh, there is more, Ooh, there is something past this five by five was, was the five by five starting to stall on you? Were you, were, did you just like have an enlightened moment? Like what, what was that thought process for you? Um, I would say I'm pretty like, I'm an open person, meaning like I do take, a, I know you guys talked about this in your last podcast, like don't take anything, uh, just something about, don't be open, whatever, like stick to your, um, your thoughts, because you guys are more, you guys are older, you guys are more advanced. You guys are obviously way more su successful than I am at this point. So at this point, I'm educating myself on everything. I'm open to everything. I believe like everything works until it doesn't like until I try it, it doesn't work. And I'm like, all right, let's throw that out. So again, with like the five by five, I was doing that for so long, um, loved it like you said like newbie gains loved it it was great and then eventually I was I got I became stagnant and then I was like I want to learn more I want to learn more about this field so then I interned first for the summer for the first time at JD strength and performance and he was a great guy he is a great guy sorry uh he's a great guy and I actually worked with him like as a co-coach this summer which was super fun but anyway yeah, I saw like traditional strength and conditioning at his place. It was more than just like five by five. It was also like the speed work, um, some like bodybuilding type work too as well because he worked with uh, mainly hockey players. So his main focus was to get these small guys bigger. But then he also had a lot of speed work. We did like sled days, mats, boxes, like all this type of footwork, sprints, speed. And that's where I was like, there's a lot more to this that I did not know. And then my coworker that actually was the co-coach at that time, he, he was a few years older than me. He got me into conjugate. And I feel like that's where a lot of people start off of um, is like conjugate. And I ran that for, I would say, good year, honestly, and dove into Louis Simmons, West Side versus the World, all the stuff everyone gets into. 
And it was, it was good. It was great. And again, became stagnant. I'm like, conjugate isn't everything. And also I was seeing uh, improvements in the weight room, but I didn't see much change besides in the beginning of improvements on the field. So that was a big thing that I was like, okay, I'm getting better at this weight room thing, the weight room stuff. But why isn't, why am I not getting faster? Why am I not jumping higher? Why am I not doing this? And then eventually I just dove in, dove into every like concept about like athletic performance, like specifically like sprinting, jumping, and that's around the time I met Pia Royal, who I'm actually interning with at this moment. And he's a super smart guy and pretty much indulged in everything. Like I indulged in everything he knew about that. And that's where I kind of fell into that. I'm just like, I would say overall, I'm very open to a lot of things people say, even like beginners, if they tell me something, I'm like, all right, let me try it. Let me see it. Like, I don't care. I don't care where you're at at a point because idiots come up with smart things too like I don't know like I just think it's let's listen to everybody like at my point in my journey let's I'm not gonna listen to everybody and see what I can use so that's basically how like I would do that so yeah that's awesome and Jake even mentioned that on the podcast like Jake and Will are very yes, like, probably yeah. in the clothes but he was even talking about how like when you go into the field you you, you have to you like you have to approach oh, it in that sense and one one of the really nice things and I've been writing like well, when Jake gets into his philosophy, like things, he says so many things. I don't even know like how deep, like, I don't even know if he knows how deep he's saying it, but it, it was super good where he was talking about how yeah. like, you need, you need data points to back up your, like, you don't just get confidence. You don't just get like, I mean, some people do, but they're idiots. Like you don't want to, you don't want to play the game with those people where they're just confident no matter what, but it's like, you need the data points to back up what you're saying. And when you're starting, you don't have data points. So that's just, it's, you're just not in the field. You, you, so right. you need to be open to what your ideas until these ideas start leading to data points. And, and that's what I really think. And like even myself, like I'm more open than Jake and Will because I'm, I'm five years behind both of them too. So it's yeah. kind of cool, like to see the different parts of of the journey and and how you stay open and how, when when to shut off bad ideas too. And that 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 is one thing that I want to ask you about is like when do you get to an idea? Because I, I even myself, like going through, um, and it happens way less now, which which is cool. But when I started, it's like there's so many ideas thrown at me. And again, I didn't have the data points to back up what I was saying or, or what I was thinking in a sense. So it was like that idea is thrown at me. I'm going to try it. That idea was shit. Like it just didn't work. And now I can look at it with enough data points to look at it before and like cut that idea off before I start it. But yeah. I guess what are some of the what are some of the things that you kind of maybe got trapped in or you tried that were just like, oh, my God, like you look back on it like that was just not it. That was just not the way to do it. Um, and so many people are swearing by it. Yeah, I guess uh, tip raises. <laughs> you guys were talking about that on the po podcast. I was dying. I was like, yeah, like stuff like that. Um, I guess knees over toes, like being sold on that. I was like for for uh, like not even not even a few weeks. I did it probably for like a week or two, like some like knees over toes stuff. And I was like, this is not it. I was like. <laughs> this is not what I want to do in the weight room every single day. Like, I don't want to do this half Patrick step up, whatever they call it. Um, the, like the tib raises, I was like, no. And then I was like, Pogo's way better. And you get more out of it. Like you just jump for five minutes every day. And I'm like, bounce, bounce. And you build everything around the ankle. And I'm like, just finding these new different ideas. I guess, I guess a main thing though is, uh, conjugate as well, like being sold on the exact, uh, not mm. definition, uh, the exact programming of conjugate. Like you talk about that all the time, uh, about like conjugate 
you do not have to live by those rules. Yes, it is a great foundation. It is great for powerlifting, but like when you you got to take that into the sports side and you have to include sprints and jumps. It's not just about moving the bar fast and then going max effort. It's a, so much more than that. And that's something I had to learn a lot because I was also diehard conjugate. I have my like three Louis Simmons shirts. Like I love, I still love conjugate because I think conjugate applies to everything. I think everything's conjugate because conjugate is basically connecting different parts, um, using different qualities at once. And that's everything. That's everything we all do in our programming. That's what we're trying to do. Conjugate, doing conjugate is being an athlete because we are incorporating all these different qualities like we want to be fast we want to jump high but we also want to be like powerful we want to do all these different types of things and be like have good work capacity so conjugate is everything it's just how you're going to apply it like if you're going to apply it for an athlete so we're just moving the bar quick and we're not doing jumps and stuff like that's not right that's not right at all and if you're a power lifter go ahead go dive deep into the conjugate world and eventually i'm going to do that because i want to see how heavy i can go on some of the barbell lifts. But at this point, I'm like, I'm last year, senior year, softball, I'm like, this is it. So I'm like, I just want to be the most athletic I can for this season. And yeah. And I know, and I, you, so you mentioned that you're in the softball field and every softball girl I've trained, like a softball girl and a softball culture is much different than the typical, like, culture of fitness yeah. that girls are put into um and it's really nice to work with a softball girl because they're always just like ready to fucking go oh, especially yeah. in the weight room which is really cool but you you're in conjugate like i and you're saying all this stuff like but i don't think you understand how rare it is for like a female athlete to be into conjugate to to be into stimulating the body to be into like training the body hard i don't think you understand how rare it is and and i even even in your circle where it's like how rare like a softball girl is like and then that culture and the culture built around fitness there i'm really interested in how how do you get into that culture and how maybe how have you helped other female athletes get into the culture of where like you can stimulate the body. You you don't need to sit in this like kind of toning and like, you know, like it's just the bad fitness yeah, culture yeah. that so many coaches just like they fuck Preach people up that. with. Like it, it's so messed up. Like how, how we approach fitness for males versus females. And like, there's so many things wrong with how we approach it with males. And there's so many things wrong with how we approach it with females. And just like, we, that's on us as coaches and like our okay. ability to do it. And one of the things that like, it's just super cool to see, how far into it and, and like how far you've pushed your body and the results you're getting from it too. Like how, how did you get there? Like, I'm, I'm just super interested in how you got there and how you, how you help other female athletes kind of get into that kind of setting. Yeah. yeah so I would say I have two parts to that question. So one is the main, the way I did it, the best experience I had with the whole female athlete, like weight room was my actual, my softball team. I've trained them last semester. I trained them the whole time. And then half of the beginning of last year, your college, so, your college team that you're yeah. on. Oh, yeah, that's but, awesome. That's dope. Yeah. So it was, Oh my God, the best experience. That's where I gained all my confidence. Cause it also was my friends. It was all my friends. So they were super like respectful. Like I wasn't getting a bunch of assholes. Like they were super respectful and nice and listened to me and truly believed in me. So I would say that in like after after talking to a bunch of them, after like training them for like, I don't know, like four or five months, just like, I would say more than half told me that they got comfortable just being in a weight room. Mm. And I find that insane. It's like guys go in and are doing this dumbest stuff, like maxing out on bench. And they're like, yeah, I'm this big bro. Like, let's go. Like, and I'm like, dude, 
like why I don't I hate that like these guys look like idiots and then like female athletes are scared to go into the weight room I'm like trust me you're going to be doing so much better stuff than that guy ego lifting thinking like 185 is good for his max and he weighs whatever and I'm just like it's so silly it's so basically working with them made me so happy like I didn't even care about their the main goal was a lot of them needed foundational foundational work the basics like pure basics which also makes me sad because they're collegiate athletes and this isn't their fault I wouldn't say necessarily like why aren't we pushing strength and conditioning more for female athletes it's just stupid the fact that they they were sophomores and juniors that have never lifted even seniors that have never lifted legit ever and that I was their first step to that I mean I'm so glad that I was able to reach them in that way and I know even the ones that graduated still text me like hey I did this on bench press whatever whatever and I love that but I hate that it took them how many what 20 years to get into that while like you said um males are into it and 10 years old they're already like oh let's go get to hit some bicep curls and whatever hit arms today and female athletes are just not so working with them was great. And I was always super encouraging. Uh, the energy is, oh yeah, the second part of that question, I wrote it down because my head goes everywhere. But um, I would say it's so important to get female athletes into the weight room because the culture when they are there and it's comfortable is insane. I've worked in weight rooms where it's all males, I'm the only female. And I've also worked in weight rooms where it's all females. And the difference is just like, I love working with guys. Like it's super fun, great energy. Like, yeah, like whatever, getting hype and stuff. But the female athlete, it's more than that. It's more than just yelling and like slapping each other's backs. They're encouraging each other. They're like, you got this, like, let's go. Like, it's just, it's like literally so beautiful. Like yet last night um, I was working with Pete and it was a three hours straight of soccer teams, like one per hour. And they were hyping each other up. They were super encouraging. And it's just, it's so different from like a full male weight room. And that's why I think we need more females in the weight room so we can get more of that culture on both sides. Cause I think you can, you can work with like the hardcore type stuff, but you also like, it's just insane how, how encouraging they get into the, the weight room. It's just a great atmosphere. Like I love to be in, especially with my team, we were always like, positive energy good vibes and i loved it so guys are a pain in the ass to work with compared to girls yes. it's not even close oh yeah okay. I, mean, I, I was about to say also the discipline is oh my god female athletes work so much better and i've heard so many coaches say that like they just listen so much more it's so it's, easy it's so much less ego yeah. and just yeah. like, like you said it's like <laughs> you're talking about the 185 on the bench for the 300 it's like so just unwarranted ego with a man that you're working with. You're like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, you're not strong. You're not big. You're not Literally. fast. And you still have this ego, like pretending like, you know what you're doing. Like when you work with a female athlete, they can be a complete fucking savage. And like, there's not a single ounce of ego there. And obviously like, no, exactly. awesome, like but like, my goodness, <laughs> I'd, I'd work with a savage of female over most males almost every single day. Wow, well, literally. I just, so I'm like, it's so funny going into both of different like cultures because like you said, the ego is really big. Oh, wait, like most guys, like I'm like, dude, like, especially like with the guys I worked with uh, this summer, the hockey guy, hockey guys are, I loved working with, I love working with them, but they're idiots. It's so funny. Like, and 
my boss can also say, yeah, they're idiots. It's just like this guy. So he pulled, he pulled like something. I won't say names to not be bogus. I called him out in the weight room. So don't worry. But um, he was like, he pulled like 315 for like a good speed. Like, cause we were doing like velocity stuff and he was super hype. I was like, he, and he thought he was like the shit at that point. And then he goes like, does his accessory stuff. And he missed, he skips the last two exercises and I'm not babysitting, but I can tell when people finish. Cause I was like taking care of people and I could tell, and he just skipped the last two exercises and he's walking out big and strong and he's, he's uh bragging to the guys. And I'm like, yo, you didn't even do like the other stuff. Like, really? Like, what's your ego? Just because you did that, you can't do the other stuff. That's the difference between triple A and double A. Like, come on. So I'm like, it's so silly. I'm just <laughs> So working with, working with the female uh, athletes, you, there, there's so much like psychological bullshit that is, is put on to them. Like when a guy turns eight years old, it is like, go get big. And so like, there, there's so many messages that are different. How, how do you work with female athletes and your messaging on getting around like the, the body dysmorphia and, and the, the body thought processes of like bulking and toning and like just yeah. a lot of the bullshit that is, is thrown at um, female athletes. I'm always just interested in like how, how people approach that and the best way to do it, because as maybe basic as people talk about it, like it's never really solved or addressed, you know, like oh, I've, yeah. I've never met a way where it's, it's been addressed. Oh, it's, the best way. Solved. it's a constant, constant problem. Like, it's so it's honestly I haven't figured it out but like how I approach it is because there's a lot of, especially athletes like female athletes a lot of them have like eating issues like uh they don't like eating disorders and they like you have to be I feel like it's it's super hard but like with the lifting aspect like oh I want to do the high reps lightweight um I would say like you have they have to be bought in like auto like right away bought in and once they get into like those heavy weights, that's where I've seen like, oh, like this works. And once they get the time, in, like more time into it, that's what works. But I honestly, like, I'm still struggling with that because even like some of my teammates, I'm like, it's like, they don't want to do the heavy stuff, but I'm like, this is going to help you. And they they listen to me for the most part, but it's it's tough. Like, I honestly don't have it figured out for that yet. And I probably should think about that a little more, but I do always stress the importance of eating. Like I would say in a way, I'm like, I'm the team mom in a way. I'm like, did everyone eat their three meals today? I'm like, did you have a snack before practice? Like I'm always doing that type of stuff, but it is hard to approach those types of like, especially like the eating disorders. Cause that stuff's legit. And people, and a lot of, I feel, well, certain male athletes have gone through that, like with wrestling, but they're not more like, they're not aware of it. Cause it's part of the culture. And I feel like male coaches need, need to be a little more empathetic in that because it's crazy. The things I've seen and heard just from my like athletes, I, I just, it's crazy. I just yeah. think it needs to be, it's something that needs to be addressed, but in a like empathetic way. And you really have to watch your words and like what you say, cause it could just be a trigger for somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're really not aware of it until you see somebody affected by it, like actually affected by it too. Well, and exactly, it's like, yeah. Like I thought I knew like, and I like never would talk about food or, or do it. And it's like, I've had some bad coaches. Like when I was, we were throwers, like some of the throwing coaches I've had would just tell girls like, go, you just got to go eat, go get big. I was like, bro, like oh. you're fine. it's just the way they approach you. Like such a meathead. Yeah. And like, so like, I never went down that rabbit hole, but I never got to a point in like actually understanding like what an ED was and how it affects somebody and, and how it like changes somebody's total relationship with life. 
Um, and once you see it, you're like, holy shit, like, like there, there is so much there that you have to understand without like realizing. And, and there's so many words that people are saying without even realizing they're saying them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's pretty nuts to be able to break into that with your athlete and just have a conversation with your athletes or just at least being educated about that with your athletes, especially in the female sector. Like you said, the wrestling sector, you, you see it a lot in the wrestling sector. Um, but for sure in the, in the, in the, the the female athlete group it's like you, you wouldn't oh, even notice it was going on least, until it gets too yeah. late there's at least a couple like in every team i would say 100 that are dealing with that type and every i would say 90 percent have bad like relationships with food but um i would say like at least like one to two maybe even three have like eating disorders like it's insane how actually occur like it, it occur i don't even know um how like it actually happens a lot into every team but we're just like a lot of people like just stay away from it don't even like respond to it and we need to be responding and a great way actually is like just educating on nutrition educating like educating about metabolism and like if you're not eating this is what's going to happen or like just educating on like these are good foods to eat whatever just basic nutrition because obviously we're not dietitians but basic nutrition guidelines like that everyone can follow pretty easily and just educating them on that which is really huge. Absolutely. I'm interested in what, what you think the future of like the field looks for both female athletes and female strength coaches and like kind of where you would like to see this go. And I know this is like projecting and, but just being in, in the experience that you've had so far, where do you think like the field can improve upon? Where do you think you can kind of take it? Where do you want to take it? And like, if you're going to be a leader on the, the, the front edge of that kind of sector, like where do you want to take the field in this sense? Yeah, so I would say I want to dominate this industry. I'm going to. Like, I already know. I And this is not me having an ego. This is me knowing that I'm obsessed with this. Like, I'm absolutely obsessed. And it's not even I'm obsessed with helping people. I'm obsessed with training. I love it. And I just so happen to help people. So that's nice. Um, but I'm going to dominate this field. And my one of my main goals is I want to create a welcoming environment for all female athletes to have this like beginning step into the strength and conditioning world. Like I want everyone to be able to be like, I can be strong, fit, athletic and not be scared. I want to see, I don't like one thing that I, I've gotten a lot is positive, positive vibes from like a bunch of coaches that will like just DM me and be like, you're great. Like you're awesome. Like you're a beast. And that. I kind of, I love it. It's so nice. Like it's good for my ego, but um, I uh, think it shouldn't, it's, it's annoying that it's surprising that a female is like a savage. It's like, I hate that it's surprising that like a female is lifting heavy weights and that this is like not normal. So everyone's like praising me for it, but I hate that. Like, I hate that it, that it's not more normal. Love the, love the compliments, but hate that it's not normal. I'm like, and I want to make it normal. Make like, the norm. Yeah. As I'm saying, like, it should be normal. It Like, I want to see female athletes lifting heavy every gym. Like, I want to see it. So that's a badass goal. That, that, that's a good ass answer for that one. Make it the norm. Uh, Long term, like, what's your thought process? Uh, College, uh, your own private gym or just keep doing your own stuff? Ooh. So just right now, you don't need it. You don't need it all mapped out. What, what, just on top of yourself, <laughs> what do you think? Well, what I would love to do is own my own gym. Mm-hmm talk to I've been close to two other coaches that are in the private sector and they're always like it's real tough in the private sector but I'm like I'm gonna do it 
I'm going to do it. And since I have them to, to like guide me, I feel like I can learn from their mistakes. And eventually I want to own my own gym. I want it to just be like EC strength conditioning. That'd be so dope. Like I, I'd love it. And then just be a great environment, good times. Cause I love being in the gym, even like, even to go study and stuff. Like I just love to be in there. It's, I just want to be in the gym every day. Like it's, it's a great time. So. Well, I, th I think that was one of the things that you mentioned. You said like, <laughs> I, I'm addicted. Like, I like that I help other people, but I'm addicted by myself. And this is where, like, that is such a self-awareness piece that so many coaches, I just feel like they, they, they fight they fight themselves with. And then they almost get to a point in which the thing that drew them to the gym and made them a good coach is that they were a savage and trained to be a savage. And you learn so much in that process. And then yeah. they get to a stage in their career where it's like, well, now I'm a coach and now I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be coaching. So, you know, and then they break off the thing that made them love it and the thing that made them good at it, which is being a savage and having a love for it and diving deep into these rabbit holes. And, and they break that off because they're supposed to be like the Mike Boyle, you know, like so they they, they sit there and like try to put on their fucking glasses and pull back. And then you just get this like shell of a coach, like such a shell of a coach. And I'm not saying you have to go lift 800 pounds to be a good coach. I'm saying oh, yeah. you, you don't kill your love for the like that doesn't get you any more respect because you killed your love for the field. And now you're the sports scientist because you don't lift anymore. Like it's and such a silly space for everybody else. Like it, It's such a silly like way to approach that. Like it's like. The thing that made you good is your obsession with this. And your obsession made you dive into 19 different rabbit holes and get really, really fucking good at it and, and continue to learn things through doing. And it, that, that that is such an important piece. But most people don't want to admit that because then it's like they 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 feel like they try to hide their selfishness almost. Like they tried to hide the, the fact that they get something out of it. And it's like we're all selfish apes that like how you how you portray it doesn't mean it's bad you know it's such a weird thought process that so now it's like you're you're, you're just virtue signal so now you're just saying yeah. one thing but you don't feel that you don't and then you take it. that yeah, anger you, out yeah. on your athletes and you take your anger yeah. out your program and it's just it becomes a dead shell of a program and what you were and i yeah. I, th I think that's such a really good piece to be self-aware of of like what makes me really good at this is my obsession with it oh definitely and that's where like, I don't ever want to be, and I hope like I get checked. I check myself is like, I don't ever want to be that coach that is doing things to please other coaches or like athletes or parents, whatever it is. I don't want to be in that, like you said, the shell of a coach where it's a shell of a program. And it's just like, what is this? It's not even good anymore. Like I'm at right now in my mindset, um, at least for like my social media and stuff, I'm at that point where I don't care. I'm just posting content. I'm just putting stuff out there, trying to get my name heard. Like, I just, I just want to be heard and put my stuff out there, whatever it is, smart, dumb, maybe literally like two months ago, I'm looking at stuff. I'm like, why did I post that? But I don't even care. I'm just like, whatever, where I'm like showing my journey. Like, that's my whole reason I made the Instagram. I'm like showing my lifting journey showing now. And then eventually went into my coaching journey because I started coaching. And so I'm like, I'm showing both of those. And I really like this is one of the most like the areas that I'm most confident in because I do read, I research, I watch videos, I listen to other coaches um in the industry, and I don't care if people like if people are like, oh, she's not doing that right. Oh, why is she doing this and that? Or why isn't she doing five by five? Like what I don't care. Like I just really do not care what other people necessarily think all the time in the strength conditioning. Like if they have something to say, like a comment that's then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll take into that into consideration, but I'm not trying to please anybody in any aspect. I'm not trying to be this face for people. I'm just being me and I'm like my social media. That's it. So.
And I think I, I talk all the time about how, like, if you use social media in that way, like it can be such a, an accelerator on who you are too. Cause yeah. it's like, if you put out, this is what a lot of coaches do. Like they put out content for other coaches and say, like, it's not really them. Uh, and they get claps for it, but it's like, you're getting claps for something else. That's not you like put out your own shit, put out your own training journey, put out what you actually think in this moment. And then one, you can use it as a journal for yourself. It's one of the most effective journals you can have yes. for yourself. Just to be able to go look back on and be like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought this way back in the day. This is a trap I fell into. This is not what I believe now. You yourself can self-audit. But it also allows you to, aud like, other coaches will audit for you. Like, you actually put out yourself. This is what they thought, good or bad. Now you can take, okay, can I defend the point that I want to defend here? If somebody pokes a hole in it, like somebody's coming at you for what you're saying, can I defend it? If I can defend it, then that's probably a good idea that I need to develop and do more of. If I can't, then that doesn't mean the idea is bad, but I got to get either better at articulating my argument, better right. at diving deep into knowing why I'm saying that argument or my idea sucks. But you know, like yeah. the self auditing process and the risk factor, like you can accelerate who you are as a coach. Like I think it's, you can accelerate 10 times how fast you grow as a coach on social media versus not. Oh. If you just self audit and allow other people to audit your ideas, but Coaches don't do that. Like, it's like, they don't know what to post. So they, they, they don't turn into a training journal. They just put out this code. And, and now I see it myself too. It's like coaches are putting out stuff. Like they're writing in the same way I write. And in the same exact thing that like, they just, and they're taking me in it just to like, they know I'm going to like, like it and, and do it. And it's like, I, and it, it's nice to see, but it's like, that's not you. That's me. Like right. that, that's me. Right. And obviously you have heavy influences. I, uh, I had massive influences of coaches going forward, but like, that's me or that's Will's like work that you're putting out or that's Jake's work. And there, there's nothing terribly wrong with doing that once in a while, but it's just like, I feel bad because then it's like, you get trapped in being me. You get trapped in being Will, you get trapped in being Evie, whoever it is. Like you get trapped in right. being that other coach. I'm like, that is not my goal, man. Like I want you to go be yourself and then let, let's have that conversation. Let's audit from there. But if, if you never put out who you are, nobody knows who you are. You, you never figure out that process. That's yeah, that's the main thing why Pete, my boss, I told him, I'm like, dude, you need to post more on social media because he he keeps he keeps saying like people don't know who I am and I have all this knowledge. And I'm like, let's let's make this journal. Let's show people what you know. And that's a huge thing that I'm so glad my one of my roommates think, like pushed me to go and start the social media. And I was always like iffy, like, oh, what do people judge me? Oh my god, I don't lift heavy enough or whatever. And and then I'm so glad it changed my life. It provided me so many job opportunities. It's like just full send it. And I've been telling even other coaches older than me who are, who have been in the field longer. I'm like, go like do it just full send, drop programs, drop content, go on YouTube, uh, collaborate with other coaches, talk to other coaches. And I just think just full send everything in this industry and something will stick. So yeah, and the, the it's like our industry of all industries too. It's like, we, it's such a dead industry. Like there, there's so many just robots in it. It's just like it's just open for personalities. Like if you just bring a personality in there, exactly. Yeah. And now it's just like so. If you actually think you're smart, like if you don't put your personality out there and your brains, some dumbass is gonna put their person. Like if you just have a personality, you're gonna excel. So like the only way to take views away from somebody that you like, Seedman is to have a better personality and a better message. So like, you also have the part of like, move, like being professional in the field. It's like, you're, you guys are idiots. Like you're just saying that because you don't know how to compete with somebody like Seedman. You don't, you don't have a personality. You never developed a personality. You don't know how to get your message across. So then you sit in that bitterness and you sit arguing there. It's like, the only way to counter that is to take eyeballs from it, man. And the only way to take eyeballs is to have a better message that 
that resonates with people more and, and people don't want to develop their message. And that's okay. If you don't, if you don't want to develop your message or you don't want to move the field forward, or you don't want to do these things, that's perfectly okay. I, I totally get that. But the, the, you can't have best of both worlds. You can't say you want those things and then and approach it in a way in which you're not affecting it. That, yeah. that, that's just the virtue signaling. That's just basically, it's just you whining in your basement that somebody else is doing better than you. Exactly. It's, it's hilarious seeing sometimes some other coaches. I'm like, like even like your, your content, it's so great. It's, and you're just putting like yourself out there. It's literally who you are and you can just tell by your, your page. And I just wish more people would do that. It's, it's just document your journey, show what you think. And if people don't like it, who cares? Who cares? Like everyone has their own thing. Like just do your, your thing, figure it out, put content out. And if you want to move the field forward, do that too. Like just do what you want. Did you have a, like, as a young strength coach, did you have any roadblocks for you yourself doing that? Like, how did you mentally get to a point in which you're, you're all right with doing that? Is this naturally your personality or did you have some like, well, obviously there's always some self doubt there, but how did you get to a point in which you're like, I'm just going to go fucking do this? Yeah. So I would say like, I started posting a bunch of stuff, just like workouts that I would do. And then I remember it was like my junior year summer and I was getting diving more into like your, the, you will Jake Turo, like all, all those guys. I was diving more into that. I was doing like hypertrophy clusters. And I just remember like, oh, like I love this. I just want to like coach somebody in this. And I was just, I was like educating myself a lot more. And I finally, like my my girlfriend actually convinced me. She was like, dude, you know your stuff. Like, it was just like, kind of like, she was like, you know your stuff, go do it. And then I was kind of thrown into the deep end. I met a coach that used to work here at Lewis and he he, he was really busy. He was a really busy coach. And he basically was like, Hey, I heard you're in exercise science and you like strength and conditioning. Can you run this, uh, uh, travel softball team, speed stuff, speed and conditioning, whatever type stuff. And I was like, okay. So I did. And that was one of the best experiences I, I had because I was through into the, I was thrown into the deep end and it was with younger kids. Like it was, I think 12 to 16. So you know how like teenagers are. They'll be like, what? Like, what are you doing? Or whatever. So I was, I, that's where I first like gained my confidence. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And then from there, like exponentially, my confidence has increased so much. And the main, oh, this is what I want to say is experience is everything. You can read all you want. You can watch videos all you want. You can listen to podcasts. You can do all that experience change changes the game once you work with clients once you work with athletes that's where it's at that's where it's at. like that's where I've learned the most how to be a coach because otherwise you can just spit out facts like but once you're on the floor you got to be creative someone's going to be tired someone's going to have an injury someone's going to not like what you're doing or whatever and you need to be creative so that was like a huge thing was the experience portion and ever since then I've been gathering experiences I probably had like eight jobs now from just doing different train, different types of people working with different types of coaches. And cause I'm like, I just want experience. And that's where I, that's where I started exponentially seeing my growth occur like after that. So. Yeah. And, and even there, even just drawing it back, not even a coach, but just knowledge of like what you're going to program and how you program, like experience mm-hmm. of just training yourself too, is uh, just drawing it back to what we we're talking about before. Like you, you, you learn so much more just training yourself and trying other programs and just like actually living something rather than like reading something. There's such a difference in like how much I've learned from just trying somebody else's, someone else's program out or 
doing my own program and seeing if it fucking works or coming up with a program, a workout on the spot. But again, mm-hmm. that, that goes back to the, the the thought process that you can't be a coach and an athlete, or you can't train hard and be a coach. It's like, that that is like one of the main requirements for me. It's like, if I'm going to learn oh, yeah. something, I got to go do it. Otherwise I'm not learning anything. I'm just reading yeah. shit that I it like sounds good in my head, but I'm not actually implementing that. No. Yeah. Applying it is the main thing. Like uh, Zach Evanesh, I remember just listening to one of his podcasts. He was a big influence for me too. In the beginning, he was just like, yeah, educate yourself, but apply it, apply it that day, apply it the next day, apply it in your next session with your next athlete, do it right away. Cause that's how you learn. You got to apply it. And applying it, going off this, you have your holistic meathead program. You train like a savage. I just want to know a little bit about your your training philosophies. What are you training for? What's your training look like right now? Um, how how have you implemented all of the the things that you're implementing right now? I know you talked about a lot of the crawls and rolls before we started uh, training, but that's a massive difference from the five by five. Like, and, yeah. and why do you train this way? Just just training philosophies. Training philosophies, yeah. Um, so I'll I'll answer first, like. Right now, training for speed. I've been like the five by five person, heavy lifting, conjugate. So I need more bounce. I'm so like my vertical. I just want it so much better. I'm like, this is terrible. So I, that's what I've been working on. You know, you know, Latch and your intern and yep. I'm doing racehorse too. Love it. It's great. I'm training for speed. That's what I've been doing for the last, I would say month or so. And I already see such a huge difference. Cause I'm a, I'm a force dominant, like dominant athlete. That's all I've known so once i started uh including more more speed work quick moving stuff fast moving myself fast that's when i was like all right this is a difference so that's what i'm working on right now um so like the holistic meathead stuff that's when i came across like honestly your stuff a few months before i made the program and uh somebody else's i forget uh who but they were talking about a lot of the roles in the vestibular system and and like doing more athletic movements, like not just benching, deadlifting, squatting. I fell into that. And like you said, like I said earlier, I applied it to myself and huge difference, insane difference, low back pain gone, couldn't be mobile. If I fell to the ground, I could like roll, like look like a ninja or something. Like it was, it was cool. And I, I finally, like at first I was like, how do you program this? Like, I don't know how to program rolls bear crawls like I'm like you know like that's not something that you learn in in any major like no one's going to teach you that so I started applying that into like warm-ups or even like do a heavy bench do a few rolls like stuff like that or roll into sprint or uh bear crawl for a warm-up three minutes of play before that's what I did a lot um and that's kind of what holistic meathead was is a lot of the it was like separated into sections of athlete section and then it was separated into like lifting and then like, uh, I'll say uh, hypertrophy. So I did first was like a bunch of jump, whether it was like lower body or upper body, it was either like jumps or crawls, rolls, sprints. That's what I had in the beginning. And I just feel like that activate, like not activated, but that made everything just so much better in the rest of the workout. So including just even two, three minutes a day or a few times a week, just put just start crawling for three minutes, start doing cartwheels for three minutes, whatever, learn a new skill. Skill acquisition was a main thing. When I like came across you, I was like, this is smart. And I would learn something new, like how to do like a back, not a backflip. I wish I could do a backflip. That's my next goal. But um, doing like some weird, like gymnastic stuff. And after I would like spend 30 minutes on that, and then I'd go PR on bench. Like, 
it's just the, like you always talk about skill acquisition is crazy. So I included that. That was like the holistic portion, I would say, of the meathead pro holistic meathead program was adding in all those athletic portions um, and different types of things that people don't normally see. Yeah. And, and that that's super cool. And there's so many pieces that I want to kind of take it and pull with you. But one of the you talk about the PRs right away after and, and one of the coolest things is like, you spend five to 10 minutes doing this stuff. And you feel better, you feel better, you're, you're gonna and you have more energy. Long term, that's going to lead to so many benefits because you, you're not beat up after every single session. Yeah. Like that, that's the biggest thing I realized, like I'm leaving the weight room feeling better than I went into it, which was the first time in my life like that had ever happened. There's so many times I just leave like completely like a fucking bore, yeah. like yeah. locked up, couldn't move. And then it takes like four to five hours to get out of that. And you're coming back. <laughs> so like you spend you're speeding up your recovery time. You, you feel way better. You're, you're PRing more. So like the long term progress of this has been wild and it takes five to ten minutes to do it's just literally just like basic like you can go as basic as like you were saying like just five to ten minutes of crawls roll gymnastics just vestibular yeah. system stuff of moving and getting maybe the brain just a little bit involved but the, the yeah. physical aspect of leaving a session better than when i went into it was such a game like that's originally what got me hooked on this stuff it had nothing to do with the skill acquisition none of that stuff even it was literally just wow i don't feel like shit yeah, leaving a training yeah. session yeah um I feel like a lot of us start out with grind, hard work. That's it. Like push heavy weight, failure. Like a lot of us in the industry start off with that. And yeah, that has its perfect purpose, but you don't have to leave the weight room feeling like crap. You don't like, let's feel good. Let's have more energy in the tank for like, let's say athletes, they have practice. They have a game in that few days. Like that was a, like you said, that was a huge game changer as well. Like for me and just the main thing was being more athletic doing these weird things that I was not good at before, like to like somersault, like I couldn't do a somersault. Like I felt uncomfortable. Now, if someone were to push me, I can do like five rolls or whatever, or like I can just do a somersault. And it's, it's insane to see athletes when they start doing that. That's a lot of stuff I incorporated with um, training uh, hockey groups this, this summer rolls to sprint. It was a game changer by week. Uh, I think it was 10 weeks. Yeah. By week 10, they can do somersaults easy and they were getting up from it quickly. And you could just tell they're moving better. Just the difference in the athletic performance of doing that type of stuff is insane. Like you just are more athletic. And I think a lot more people should be doing that, but the people are always scared. Like they're scared. Oh, you're going to hurt your neck or something. I'm like, just do it. I don't be soft. Like, like everyone always says, like, don't be soft. Like just go do it. I, with that but well and then the whole like again that probably goes back to the like to be competent you need like the data points and, and like proving to yourself yeah. your body's capable of doing these movements it, it it that also opens a whole new realm of fitness and training and athleticism up to you because you're not scared of these movements because you've proven to yourself i can do these movements and yeah. for and this is where it's so silly you hear coaches like Oh, it's like, it's just what they did as kids. It's like, who the fuck is doing this as kids? Like, go look at a like gym, gym class right now. Like, you guys are just so like, you guys are just repeat. This is when I know, like, they're just repeating what they've heard. Cause it's like they're not actually seeing. Like that, that's not what kids are doing right now. That's not what recess looks like right now. That's not what PE looks like. And it wasn't what it looked like when I was growing up. And we even had oh, a better yeah. PE, you know, like we did yeah. some stuff, but like. I was never introduced to any of that. We never, we never did any gymnastics move. We never barely did any body weight movements. Like it's so silly that when, when coaches say that, it's like, I know, I know you're not critically thinking about this. You're just saying a buzzword to say a buzzword. Like that's not what's happening. That's not reality. It's a, it's another like 
just fake argument we're making up so you don't actually have to look into something because it's like once these movements are added in and the athletes are like holy shit like i can do that like the 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 philosophical change of what their body's capable of doing they're not fearful of movement they're not just scared to enter spots it's like that 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 in and of itself is worth everything that you do long term because now now they can approach fitness and approach life in a way in which their body's not going to break because their their yeah. knee moved in a certain way or their their, their body moved in a certain way because they, they know they've been there before they, they've proven themselves yeah and it's just so hard to convince other people of it like people that aren't I'm like oh just like go try it like go do it like you said they're they're just repeating stuff like repeating stuff they've heard go do it try it for a week if you don't like it I don't know, but like you will, like you're going to like it because it works. And it's so hard to convince even some athletes, I would say, because they're like, I'm going to get hurt. Like you're going to get hurt doing a somersault. Then what if someone comes and push you? Like, what are you going to do? Like, or like, why, why can't you do like a handstand? Like we're at, especially if you're a collegiate athlete, you should be able to be athletic. But again, like the specialization thing occurs and like, they can only move in certain ways, like softball and baseball pitchers, like, oh my God, treat them like they're in bubble wrap right now. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so dumb. Like you can make them such better athletes and it's crazy. So what, how have you noticed the the difference for yourself in softball? Yeah. So I've just been more mobile. So I'm a catcher and I can, I can just move easier. Like whether it's like from the hit, like from whatever a static position to like a running position I can easily like just get up and go like I don't know like quicker because I've done a lot of rolls or like um push up to a sprint like all that type of stuff I just move way more fluidly and I would say like I was already getting to like the fluid portion like because once you do stuff for a long time you get used to it but I was even more fluid and then like in the outfield because I also play outfield um diving is like better because I can dive and it just doesn't hurt. Like, I don't know. And I can get up quicker. Like it's just, it should be taught or reacting more or just like, if you're ever on the ground, I can just get up quicker than I would say other people. So the diving in the outfield is kind of crazy too, because like yeah. I started implement, implementing this stuff and then it was playing outfield. I'd never done any, like I never played baseball growing up. So I was learning it all through slow pitch. Yeah. Going into the outfield and I was just sprinting after a ball. I just full of dough for it. I was like, and it dove like sleep got up and threw. I was like, what? Like, what just happened? Like, I have never done that in my life. Like, and there's no way I was capable of doing that like six months ago. Like the, right. that, that, like how automatically your body just understands, okay, I'm capable of going here. I'm safe here. I'm just going to go do this rather than before. Whereas like, there's no way it would have looked like that. Oh yeah. Like I would have like my back would have been hurting. <laughs> it's like, no, now I can throw, I can throw my body and I'll be fine. Like me and my friend, um, me and my, one of my teammates always wrestle. Like after practice, we'll just do a little, cause she's very athletic. She grew up in a, like with a bunch of brothers that wrestled. So like, I'm like, Hey, let's wrestle, let's wrestle. So like, and even like when she does take me down, cause she's, she's strong. Um, it's just like, I feel good. And like, I can like doing those crawls are insane. Like my hand movement, my hand-eye coordination is so much better. And even she said that she's like, dang, over the summer, you got like, you're a lot better like wrestling now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and like, I just like to do that. Cause I'm like, let me get some wrestling in. Cause I actually want to do like, I don't know if they have like wrestling seminars. I want to do that. I want to learn that. Cause I feel like wrestling should be something like a lot of kids start off with. Cause that is like crazy. Like I see some of the videos that 
um, youth wrestlers are doing on like online. And I'm like, that's insane. Like they're just like athletes. And I'm just like, I want to do that. So I'm like, let me find like a wrestling spot I can get, get into. Do you follow uh Caroline Wester? I have wrestling prep. Yes, on yes. She's insane. Incredible. Like some of the stuff she sends me, I'm like, that is unbelievable. And she she keeps saying, it's not unbelievable. I keep training for it. I'm like I know oh, yeah. that, but it's so sick. Like the stuff you guys are able to do is so cool. Yeah, no, for real. And I follow like some college wrestlers and they were just like, some of them are posting a lot on social media for one of the bow or something. He just like backflips on his head. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. this is insane. And I'm like, I want to try it. Like, I want to start getting like a, just to like learn more about the body and being athletic. I want to learn more about wrestling, honestly. Like that has interested me a lot. And that's why uh, after practice, I'll be like, hey, hey, Meg, you want to wrestle? Because I'm like, just, I want to like do it. Like it's fun. So yeah, there's odd. Uh, and that's why I'm like, I can't do it right now because I got too many addictions, but like jujitsu or like martial arts getting into that too. It's like yeah. the, the body, like learning body control and like, when you feel like you have, and you feel in like a defense line is another one where you feel like it's a lot of grappling there too. But it's like the the feeling of using somebody else's body against them in, in like it's such like a a flow state of like just hitting like yes. the perfect pitch and softball or like just just oh, the yeah. perfect shot and like other things that you do. But it's like you just got them, like you just use their yeah. momentum with them, and I, I think that's such an addicting feeling, which is why I'm staying away from it right now because then I'll d- dedicate my life to fucking martial oh, arts. I want to hop into jujitsu or wrestling or something like eventually I'll do that after my my softball career. I can't wait to do that because I just feel like I'm gonna have a lot of fun and be more aware of my body. Like you said, it's, it's just crazy how, how your body moves in that way. And there's also the different version of like strength. It's a crazy different version. Like, and you're so much, when you can move another person's body, you're so much stronger than somebody that can bench 300 pounds. Like I want to apply, that's something I've been like working on is like I want to apply my strength into other like aspects I've been working on that for like a year just like having that in the back of my mind like is what I'm doing helping me like do other things not helping me get better at lifting is it helping me getting better at my sport at moving or at like wrestling with my friend like you know so well yeah and then the uh, that's the whole argument of like what strength is too because you can go into like a lot of a lot of people that are super strong and then you like touch them or move them and it's like that person's just like barbell strength like they they've they just mastered the movement problem moving a barbell because you move them they move super easy and i've like mm-hmm. i trained um he's a gecko greco wrestler he was training for the olympics and he's 160 pounds and like that man like didn't he didn't have a lot of barbell strength because he didn't do it a lot but like could pick me up like i'm 230 pounds he could pick me up like a most feather like and like trying to move him or do anything is like ridiculous like it's like the tendons and ligaments in him like or just yeah. like, like you, it's hard to move that man it's like that is strength like that's such a different yes. level and you have so many meatheads that are just like they just have they, they've never gone into those sectors and they just keep preaching mm-hmm. like more 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 like it's performance in the way it was like man you just you're living in an alternate reality like go try to like move somebody like that or like wrestling or um uh, football is a big thing too where they talk about punch like somebody's punch is really important for d-line and o-line but it's like you see some small guys or guys that are not weight room strength but they punch you and it's a different hit than somebody that's super strong that can bench 600 pounds and that's not to say don't have that person with a good punch lift it's to say it's probably not their missing link for a lot of people that don't have a good punch if they already bench 600 pounds you know like so I, I think I think there's a lot of big like, there's a lot of things there that coaches just like it, they, we simplify like like that that's our whole thing like we we try to simplify in the systems because there's so much complexity going on but 
we never then we forget that we simplified to get it into our system like that, that that's a big piece of it we we simplified to make it make sense in this time and then we forget that we simplified and put it into our box and then we pretend like the box is reality and it is such like a a disconnect from what's actually happening like we all simplify we all need to do it but we also have to understand we are simplifying and what we are simplifying is not reality it is our way of making makes this complex system that we don't have a complete understanding of make sense in the time being that does not make it reality it just makes oh, it your simplification yeah. it makes it your box of of how things are going um in the moment so you can get through from point a to point b but it, it, we just we, we like we have amnesia like we, we forget that we did that and then we sit and argue and pretend like we didn't it's like i see right here where you did that like i you yeah. took super training to simplify you know like it's just such a silly silly thing that we as apes do and we just forget yeah. that we do it yep yeah a silly thing to me is like or not uh, i would just say like there's a difference between a 300 300 pound bencher and like if they can't move some it's like benching is just not equivalent to being able to move somebody and people think that all the time i'm like we need to create that connection like strength and conditioning is all like in the weight room but something i also want to learn more how to it's different in the college sector and like if you're in a private sector you can do what you want you're gonna have people that want to do it there or you just kick them out so but like in the college sector that's something i have trouble with is inputting some of my more different ideas that aren't traditional like for instance, like grappling or like mini, like little wrestling or something like that. But like, if you can move heavy weight on the bench, let's superset that with some type of grappling move. Let's do that. And like, use that strength, feel it, or like do it in the, do it in the warm up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I want to see more of that. And it's so difficult when you have all these ADs or sport coaches saying that's not getting them better because we don't have research on it. And it's, it's just like, we need to try and get this industry more into, look at this, this does work. Like, let's, let's think about this harder, a little bit more. Like it just, I want a huge thing is you can be so good. You can get athletes so good at the barbell lifts. It's so easy, so easy. You can get them better, but to be able to apply that to sport, whole different game, whole different game. So. Yeah. And, and also like, and this is a thing that I keep getting because coaches like, they just see that I'm in a private sector now. It's like, I did all this stuff for six years in the college sector from division three to division one, like all the levels. Like I, it, it, you can do it at the college sector too. Like that's, that's the thing that like coach is like, well, you're doing it in the private sector. I don't have time. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You like, you're fucking compromising and you're making excuses for why you're not saying what you believe, or you just don't believe in it enough. We, either one, but again, can't have best of both worlds. Like if right. you truly believe this is the best way to do it, go do it. Go do it. Like, go implement it. It, it is doable. I did it with, with one coach and fucking 120 athletes sometimes in our sessions. And we were able to do a lot of this agility, a lot of the small side of game, a lot of the grappling stuff. Like, it is 100% doable in the college sector. And so many coaches that give themselves the out of like, oh, I, I would if I was in the private. It's like, right. bullshit. No, you want it. No, you want it. It's bullshit. Like, you're lying to yourself. Um, and, and you're letting other people control your program. Like if it's what you believe in, go do it in a college sector. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely easier in the private sector because you control it, but if you want to do something, you truly believe in it. Like you said, do it, just do it, like try it out. And if that place is like, you're an idiot then leave, leave, yep. leave. <laughs> just leave. like, but yeah. All right. Before we go, we got to give uh, Mr. Brett Hitman his uh, oh, his yeah. little dopamine hit here and make sure we say his name on the podcast. That online <laughs> training partner. How's that going? That's pretty dope. I haven't seen that. Oh, before. my God. So, yeah, I like to say I'm in uh, two long distance relationships, ones with my girlfriend in Florida and ones with Brett Hitman 
uh, and he's my training partner <laughs> from in Connecticut and I'm here in Illinois. So literally, um, I don't know how we even got connected. I just guess we followed each other on Instagram and then I like I gave him my number and now we text every day about like whatever like about like some dumb coach saying this or about like what workout we're doing and now we're both doing racehorse too but all I gotta say is he is a little soft because apparently his hip hurts whatever I'm like oh my god I was like <laughs> I was like okay dude now he'll get so mad at me but um yeah, we've been doing racehorse two together. It's been super fun. Like, and sometimes we'll be doing it at the same time, like not like by coincidence. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just text him real quick. Like, I don't like being on my phone a lot. Mainly I just like record, but like I'll text him and be like, oh, how, how was that set? Like whatever. And I'll be like, what weight did you do? So I can try and beat him. And yeah, I beat him multiple times. So in the ISOs, I beat him. He he does have me on the vertical jump, but that's a work in progress because my vertical jump started from absolute trash. So Give me, give me more time, and I got it. And bro, yeah, you, get, I, you finally get the shout out on the podcast. He gets called out twice. I fucking <laughs> love it. Yeah, he's soft. He's soft, and he's gonna hate that I said that. But he's soft, but I love him. He's awesome. And one day we're gonna we're gonna connect and stuff. So like in person. So I plan on that soon, which would be real cool. Probably like uh, next summer we'll connect, get a few workouts in. That'd be real cool. Fuck yeah. He's a great guy. Great guy. Cool coach. We both are talking about, we're both in a similar aspect, meaning like we're both trying to get into that entrepreneur, like posting more content, more YouTube videos, trying to get our name out there more. So it's really good talking to coaches that are in the Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests. Keep chopping wood. You lock in, like, you just see, like, the next up-and-coming wave of people that are taking over. Like, it's just cool to watch, like, how people are, like, waving through and just how many how many cool coaches are coming up, man. It, it, it's yeah. just awesome to see. It, it's, it's it's like one of the things that gets me going. I'm like, I'm like, okay, the field's changing. It's all going through. And I get like very helpful. And I'm like, it's awesome. There's so many good coaches coming up. And then yeah. I go on to Twitter and I'm like, it's just my fucking circle yeah. that I surround myself with. And then I look at, I'm yeah. like, eh, it's oh, still fucking hopeless. It's still so sad um, <laughs> out there, but uh, it's just, it's, it's cool. It is cool to watch you guys go at it. Uh, I just wanted to mention that on there. It's cool to see yeah. that, that online partnership. Um, and just seeing where it'll go. Like, I just see it in 10 years. Like, you two are just going to be dominating the field and doing cool oh, yeah. shit together. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. He's super smart. We are always bouncing off ideas with each other. I can't wait to connect one day. Like, I'm going to have him on my podcast, and he's starting up a podcast, and I'm going to be on his. Like, he's just a cool guy. He's a cool guy, even though he is soft. But we're working on that. We're working on <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> well, Evie, thanks for being on. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a great time. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood.